his name is Ravi Zacharias, I know I bring him up a lot, but he said that there's four fundamental questions we ask in life. Where did we come from? Why are we here? What do we do while we're here? And where are we going? And he puts it like this, origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. And so I just, uh, I just thought, man, that's really cool how last week we started at the beginning of when we were created and God created us from the dust of the ground and he breathed life into us and and we kind of talked about the the two trees that he put into the garden you know one was the tree of life and it, it contained eternal life and that's how Adam and Eve were sustained in their eternal life they were meant to live forever and there was this other tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they had a choice whether they were going to trust God's word, what he said, say, you can eat of this tree and any of, of any other tree, but do not eat of this one. And instead of trusting him, they were deceived. And, and also when they ate that, their definition of life as they knew it was skewed. It was, it was gone. And, and, and all of a sudden we have to redefine what life is. And, and we talked about the different categories, and there may be more, there may be less, I don't know, but we just talked about how sometimes as, as humans, we, we kind of, we follow our own way, and, and we don't look to the origin of life, we don't look to the creator, we just look at the creation, and we think, okay, life may be in success, you know, I'm willing to be so successful that, that I, it may ruin my family, but that, that's where my purpose is, you find your identity in success, or or whether it's your talents, you, and uh, you know, like Tom Brady, uh, I was, I was, I heard someone say this about him, how he won his first Super Bowl, and after he won his first Super Bowl, he was kind of let down. He was disappointed because it was not like all that great. Like it was like that's it, you know. Like the day after, it was like, all right, I got a ring, but I mean, I thought it would be much cooler than this. Like I thought it would be so much better. I thought that maybe I would be so much more fulfilled in my heart and in my soul, but. You know, which he didn't say it like that, but you could tell that it was just like, so he just felt empty. That's what he called it. He just said empty. And for every Super Bowl he won after that, he just felt empty. And I remember seeing him on the sidelines, uh, and this is nothing against Tom Brady. I was just kind of, it just kind of fit, and I was just, I just felt for him. I saw him on the sidelines whenever, uh, whenever the Eagles scored a touchdown, and he just, he just had his head down. It was just looking like, God, you know, is this, is this it, you know? I mean, it's just like, it's so empty. And that's kind of like the picture of success. It's just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have my talents. And, and you know, we talked about, uh, you know, how some people just, they're asking questions. They're asking all the right questions, but they're not, they just seem to not get all the answers. And they're just like, God, you know, and they resort to, to just, just feeling depressed. And they're just like, I, I don't even want to live. Like, if I can't figure out what life is, I don't really want to live it. You know, it's just like I'm breathing, but I'm not alive. And we talked about all those different things. And, and this week, so we talked about the origin and how it kind of transitioned into we redefine life. And, and this week, I just, I, I want to go to the Psalms uh, in, in Psalm 139 and talk about where David uh, in his situation, all around him and all the chapters around him, he's struggling and, and he's, uh, he's saying, God, why, why are my enemies attacking me? And he's like, I'm overwhelmed. All these troubles are surrounding me. And he's, and he's just, he's in a desperate place. He's overwhelmed. And, and I just feel like that's transitioning into, we went from our origin, you know, where did we come from to why are we here? So we're kind of transitioning to that. We're not going to answer the question, why are we here tonight? But I just want to answer the question of, we are here for a purpose. There is an answer to the why. 
And I just want to answer that through David's, uh, David's Psalm in 139. And uh, I just kind of want to give some, some background verses. Just um, We're going to go through this together, like I said. And um, it's really cool to see, to see David's emotion. This is kind of like if you ever want to know what the life of a believer is supposed to look like and, and you ever want to know, like, am I the only one who feels like this? Read through the Psalms. Just go there. Maybe it's like the 25th day of the month. Like go to Psalm 25 or something. Or, you know, just do from the, from the beginning and read to the end. I mean, I know there's a lot of them, but you can find something in there that you can relate to. And uh, when I was in my lowest times, I, would, I was reading through the first part of the Psalms where David just felt depressed and he was down. He could not find an answer. And, and he was like, I feel pain all through the night. And it's just like, he was, he was so deep with trouble, and there was times where he was extremely full of joy. There was times where he was in so deep of sin. Like, I don't know if y'all knew this, but the man after God's own heart committed adultery and murder, like, all in the same, you know, time frame. And we think, you know, that's, that's like the most horrible sins, and, and that's a man after God's own heart. And we see how he was redeemed. It was just amazing to see his life. And this is what he writes um, in Psalm 138. It says, uh, though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and you, the power of your right hand saves me. And it's just amazing to see that he's surrounded by trouble, but he's, he's having this faith. And in Psalm 142, it says, I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all of my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. And it's just it's, it's amazing. And he keeps going on and says, O oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total ha- hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, pointing out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. He's just crying out to God. His enemies are surrounding him. He hates those people who are against God. And he's like, God, I can't, I can't be one with them. I can't make a connection with them because they're not connected with you. And I, I can't do this. And God, I'm overwhelmed. I'm telling you all of my complaints. And I just want to know, have you ever been there? You ever felt like just like the world is kind of against you? It feels like it's just like you against the world. Uh, at work here lately, I've been feeling like, man, and this is just some practical stuff, like, you know, just let you know, like, I'm a real human and all that. And uh, I was, I'm at work, and I'm just like, man, I feel like everybody's so distant. And, and it was like I felt like I was by myself, and, and I had one of my good friends, you know, come up to me. And was, he was telling me how, Everybody is. They're kind of like talking about me behind my back. And they're like, you know, keep this and keep that. And I'm just like, man, you know, I think you got friends, you know. And all of a sudden they're not, you know. And it's like, it's cool. Don't, don't, don't feel bad for me and all that. I got plenty of friends. But it was just like, man, this kind of stinks, you know. It's like they're talking back about me behind my back. And then, you know, they come up to me. They're like, hey, Keith, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? How's work? You know. It's like, can I help you at all? No, no, thanks. Get away from me, bud. You know, not. I don't really say that. I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I left smiling too. And uh, but it's just kind of like the you feel like enemies are around you. You know, it's like when you go home and, and you're by yourself in your room. You're like, you're crying out to God and you're complaining to Him. You're like, what is going on? Like, I just I can't figure this out. Like, I'm overwhelmed, Lord. I got 
10 million things going on, and like when everybody else is looking at your life, you think, oh, they're not doing anything. You know, they're just, you know, they just go to work. You know, they don't see everything that's going on in your mind, you know, and I just, I feel like I'm, I feel like I can relate to David, and I feel like a lot of us can too. And so we're going to be in Psalm 139. That's kind of like the, the, the context of where we're at, and he's kind of in this desperate pace in life. And uh, y'all remember going through the story of Joseph? Y'all remember that? How, how he, was, he had uh, 12 brothers, and, or, or 13, whichever one, and he might have been 13, but he was the youngest, and he got the, the coat of many colors and all that kind of good stuff, you know what I'm talking about? And, and his brothers sold him into slavery, and he was accused of rape that he didn't do, and, and he was like under Pharaoh's uh, command and all this other kind of stuff, but I mean, it seemed like everything was going bad and then good and then bad and good, and, and it's just like, you wonder what your purpose is, you know? You're going through life and things happening and you don't exactly know the full story. Like we can look back on Joseph's life and see that it ended up and he was in second command and he was feeding his, his family and, and he was in, you know, he was just, finally God's plan had come to completion. But in the middle of that, was he, was he wondering about his purpose and stuff like that? I don't know. I just, I just thought about that. And so in Psalm 139, we're going to be in verse 13. We're transitioning into... Why are we here? It says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So he starts out by saying, you made all the delicate inner parts of me. And he's like, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And I guess I want to start out tonight by saying what you're not. And what you are not is you're not a product of chance. You're not an accident. There's this thing going around, uh, this whole world. There's a lot of people who are influenced by this, and there's a lot of people who, who lose their faith because it's like these really smart people are saying that we kind of started in this little, you know, we talked about this last week you know, about evolution, how we started in this, this pool of, of chemicals and, you know, lightning struck and how we went from a small single-celled organism to a fish to an amphibian to a reptile to a, to a, a, a bird and then to a mammal, and then here we are. Here we are, guys, you know, and it's really funny how Charles Darwin, the guy who, he didn't start it actually, it was actually before him, that all this, this idea of evolution was, but he kind of made it popular. What he said was in his book, which is called The Origin of Species, he says, it is a truly wonderful fact that all species of plants and animals at all time and space should be related to each other. That's what he said. So, Grandpa is banana. You know what I'm saying? That is just like, it's amazing the, the, the length he went to, the, the jump of faith he went to from his study about a bird. You know, a bird. He went to this island talking about birds, and he saw this species of birds is a little bit different than this species of birds, and boom, there's a finch. You know, he's like, you know what the ancestor of that, that little finch was, that little bird? It was a bird. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it's just the logical answer there. 
And it's just truly amazing to me how incredibly impossible that is. Yet, it's just like a mantra. The louder you say it and the more you say it, the more believable it is. And then you put like trillions of years behind it or, you know, billions, and you're like, oh, you know what? It kind of makes sense, you know? Me, you know, broccoli. I mean, we got, you know, we're pretty close. You know, I can see the resemblance. They got arms, I got arms. You know, it's just, you, you start to think... Look, guys, y'all think it's funny, and I talk about it, you know, it's, it's not only stupid, it's dangerous. Because here's the thing, I went to college, and I love biology, I, I love science, I love it all. And when I was a little kid, you got like three-year-olds who can start reading a book about dinosaurs, and the very first thing, millions of years ago. You know, it's just like, it's just like this, whoa. Like, it just dives you into imagination, you know. So I went to college, and... And I believed in God, like, fully. Like, I'm on fire for Jesus. But the more I heard this every single day, the more I started to doubt whether, whether I was actually, like, made by God. I started doubting my worth and how I was loved by God and how did he really create me? Because if he didn't, then this whole thing is, like, not real, you know. And, and I, I just started to doubt all of that. And it was dangerous because I almost lost my faith. I almost lost it all because I was like, this, is, is this real? This, you know, these really smart people were talking about, you know, you were, you know, this, this, and, and you're related to this, you know, frog somehow. I'm like, dude, this is, this is crazy. Like, I, I cannot believe that this is actually happening. Like, I'm losing my faith. I had to quit college. Did you know that like 75%, somewhere around there, of students going into college lose their faith? I'm not sure if that's directly related to that, but it seems to me that it's pretty ironic that the place you learn about evolution, the only place really in the world that believes it so fully, and you you have people losing your faith because of this. Did you know, on the biology, so did you know that you have a molecule inside your body called DNA, and that your whole body is basically made up because of what your DNA says? It's almost like a book. And it's got four different letters in this alphabet, in this book. It's A, C, T, and G. And these four different letters make up the alphabet, and they stick together in a certain way to create your book. And there's 100 trillion cells in your body with this book in it. And it tells tells your body what it's going to be. And your DNA is different than somebody else's DNA. There's no... Two identical DNAs besides maybe an identical twin, but there are no two people alike. That's truly amazing. And you know that, that DNA molecule in one single cell, if you stretch it out end to end, it becomes six feet long, about as tall as I am, a little bit shorter. Six feet long in a single cell. You have 100 trillion cells in your body. And DNA, to date, is the most complex molecule in the entire universe. It is not fully understood. I don't care how many people say, oh, you know, DNA, it's not fully understood. They've sequenced the whole human genome. They've only studied about, like, 2% of it. They have no idea what they're really looking at. It's so incredibly complex, what David said. And so you multiply that out, 6 feet, 100 trillion cells, that's 110 trillion miles. 110 trillion 
miles of DNA that's in your body. Do you know how much DNA that is? That's enough DNA. That's enough length to go from here to the sun. 600 round trips. From here to the sun, which is 92 million miles away, 600 round trips. Now you tell me that that's an accident. That is incredible. And only about 3% of your DNA is genes. At the most, it's between 1% and 3% of your DNA that's genes. That's what you are. The rest of it, between 97 and 99% of that, is just telling what your genes do, what your body does. And that can tell us something extremely important. And I kind of want to dive into that for a second. What you believe is a very small part of you. But what you believe determines what you do. And when you want to go back to the garden and say, what you believe determines what you do, what did Adam and Eve believe in at that moment? Who did they trust? What was their belief in, in that moment? What you believe determines what you do. Who do you trust? Do you trust God's word, or do you trust this world? Do you trust the enemy? Do you trust yourself? And I think we can see the consequences, just the natural outworking of those consequences. But it's truly amazing. You are not an accident. I promise you, you are not an accident. And I think just looking at that single thing of DNA, I think that we can see how incredibly complex you actually are. And he goes on to say, he says, Your work, You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. He says, You watched me. God had his eyes on you the entire time you were in your mother's womb. No one else can see you. Of course, we have like sonogram, and now we have like a 4D thing where you can like see the baby's face, and you know, they can do a little checkup here and there, but no one can see that baby. No one can see each and every step, each and every step of development is going through. No one can see any of that all the way through. No one can see all the little things going on inside of it. No one can see that. But God says he watched you form in utter seclusion. He watched you form. What does that mean to you? To me, that means he cares about you. He formed you. He knit you in your mother's womb and he watched you grow. He put you together and he watched you develop. He watched you grow. He cares about each and every single individual. That's why we're all different. We know that God made us different and we know he cares about us because he made us different and we can see in his word that he watched us. He cares. He made you unique. He made you for a specific purpose. 
He made you and He cares for you. And it goes on to say, He says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. He says that before life even began for you, your days were numbered. He knows when your life was going to begin, and He knows when your life is going to end. He knows exactly how many days you're going to live. No one else knows that. No one else knows that. The closest person that could possibly know that may be a doctor who could diagnose you with something and say, hey, look, you've got... You got this extremely bad disease, and it might be two weeks. I mean, you, you could possibly live, you know, two more weeks, and, and, and that's it. I, I don't know. That's the closest we can get is just saying, hey, it's not going to be much longer for you, man. But God knows when our life is going to begin. You see, he exists outside of time. He has no beginning and he has no end. He made you. He watched you develop and he knows when you're going to be born and he knows when your day is are going to end. And he says that every day of your life, every moment of your life was laid out before your life even began. Wow. I tried so hard in my mind to think about how I'm going to explain this. You know, I'd rather preach like 30 verses and just, you know, hit high points on all 30 of those and just dive into four verses and say, and and put a lot of fluff around it and say, this is how you can understand this. But this is so incredibly simple that it's hard to understand. It's hard to just like be wowed by it because it's so incredibly simple and we can look over it. But he laid out every moment of our life. Can you think back to this morning? Can you think back and and remember your moments from just this morning? Can you look ahead just one more moment and know exactly what's going to happen with 100% confidence? We can't. We can't look back at every single moment of our lives. And what's incredible is he knew they were going to happen before they even happened, before you were even a human being. He knew it was going to happen. What does that tell you? To me, that says that he created us with a purpose. That every moment of your life matters. If he laid it out, it matters. Every moment matters. Your life has a purpose. Your life has an answer to the question, why? Why am I here? There is an answer to that. And I think it's just so incredible how we can look at something like this and just say, well, God made me. He watched me as I developed. I'm extremely complex. Nothing can understand what I am. I'm a human being. We cannot even define what that means fully. 
What's so incredible is that everything about you, everything about me is so unique. And in fact, if you made a robot that had all the movements of your arm, you'd may be the richest person in the world. If, you're, if you made something that was as, as good and, and developed as your arm, it could do as much things as just your hand. We are incredibly complex. We cannot even comprehend just the most simple parts of our body. And we have a, a purpose. We have a purpose. And I don't want to get too deep and miss that. I don't want to, to make this a knowledge dump of, of information for why we are here in a single sermon because I don't want to miss that we actually have it. We actually have a purpose. And that is so incredible. You know, my biggest life question, I was asked today by a good friend of mine. I said, what's your biggest life question? And they were like, well, I have like 500. Do you have like a long time, you know, to answer all these? You know, it was just like a joke. And they said, what's your biggest life question? And I said, purpose. What's my purpose? And it just hit me even harder because if I just know that I have one, I can bear it. I can bear it just a little bit longer. If, if I know that there is an answer, I'm good. I can go looking for it. And this scripture, this scripture is so incredible how he says every moment of your life was laid out before you were even born. If you're questioning your purpose tonight, if you've questioned why you're here, or maybe you've never asked that question before, and maybe tonight you're thinking, maybe I should answer that question. Why am I here? You know, because it's extremely hard to ask that question because you don't want to put yourself out there and ask that question just to be let down by the fact that there isn't an answer. You don't want to ask that question. You'd rather put it in the back of your mind and say, I don't really want to figure that out right now because it might change my lifestyle just a little bit. If I figured out why I'm here, then that would change what I do. Because when I figure out why I'm here, that's what I believe, right? And what you believe changes what you do. Well, when you believe the truth, you have one of two choices. Either to live out that truth or to not. And so when you figure out why you're here, so this is kind of like a warning, you know, viewer discretion is advised. If you don't want to know your purpose in life, you probably don't need to hear the next message. But if you do want to know it, and I'm pretty sure you do, you might want to come back. And I'm telling you, it's there. Your purpose is there. And I think we can see that in this scripture tonight. And I, I want to leave it there because it's so incredibly simple, the fact that we, ha we do have a purpose. So just like last week, if you're questioning something inside, it doesn't have to be your purpose. But 
just like David did, he said, God, I'm lifting all of my complaints to you, all of my troubles. Or if you feel like you're surrounded just by troubles and, and your enemies and you feel like life is just getting you down and you are overwhelmed, just like David said, I'm overwhelmed. Maybe you just need to come and ask God to help you. And maybe that may be, those questions may be rooted in your purpose. Because things can overwhelm you, tend to overwhelm you when you don't know the end product, when you don't know why they're happening. And so, you know, just come down here and pray. Grab somebody else. And I was reminded, you know how last week we all raised our hand? Do y'all remember that? I forced some of you guys, even if you didn't mean it, but that's okay. We all raised our hands. We made a vow that we were going to do this together. I was reminded of how incredibly important that was. I was on the phone with my friend right before I came in here, and I was just talking with him, and, and he has moved away, so I don't get to see him like, like I did before. And, and he was just helping me through this, and he was helping me to see just the simplicity of this passage. And, and he hadn't even studied. It was just kind of like I was leaning on him, and, and he was bearing my burden at the moment, and and I just remember last week or this, this past Sunday, I was just struggling bad in, in my heart and in my mind. And, and Kenny's message was just so convicting. And I was just like, I want to stand, you know, like I, I want to be driven by internal principles. I want to know my purpose. When I, when I know that, then I can stand, you know, then, then I'm driven like that. And I want to stand for the gospel. And, and even if there's a fiery furnace on the other side that's heated up seven times hotter than normal, like I, I want to stand, Lord. Like, I want to live for you because I know that my purpose, it, it, it lies in you. And I was just so burdened by that. I just had to grab somebody and pray. And, I, and it was just like, hey, man, what's wrong? I just cried. I just cried because I didn't know what to say. I just wanted it to, I just wanted that, that intimacy with Jesus I wanted that, I wanted the, the life himself, I wanted God himself to be intimate with me. And you know, we talked about who you're going to trust in. You know, are you going to trust in God's word? Are you going to trust in yourself or, or anything else? You know what God's word is? What does John 1, 1 say? In the beginning was the word, and the word was Jesus. That was him. And who is our salvation? It's Jesus. He lived the life that we couldn't live. And he died for us. He loves us. He has a purpose for us. Are you going to trust him with your life? Are you going to trust him with your purpose? Are you going to trust him to answer your deepest questions? Because he's not just answering questions, he's answering you. He's answering your call, he's answering your cry for help. He's answering you, not just a question you have. So let him. You gotta trust him. Grab somebody, cry with them. You ain't gotta say anything. Let me pray, and we're gonna sing some songs of worship. Father. I just want to thank you for giving us purpose. Lord, I just really hope 
tonight that a person who is struggling with whether they do have a purpose or they're questioning why they're here or their worth, God, I pray that those four verses would just sink so deep into their heart and in their mind, God, that you made them so incredibly complex. God, you wove them together in their mother's womb. God, you watched them. God, you cared for them. And they are unique and, and you love them. You are, they are your creation. And God, I just pray that we would trust that you have every moment of our life laid out. God, you had that laid out before we were even born, before we were even conceived. Would I pray that tonight as just a body of believers, we would trust you. God, not only have you laid out every moment of our lives, God, you've laid out every moment that this church will go through. God, as a body, as a, as a whole, God, you've laid out every single moment. You know all things. Lord, I pray that as a body, as a whole, as one, a united, a united group and a united body, that we would trust you as the head of this body. And that, Lord, as each individual, we would learn what our purpose is and know that it's there. We would understand why we are here. And we know that you're the place to go for that answer. I pray that we would trust you with that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.